Traditional marketing communications is all about promotion, promoting a product, a service or a person. In the digital space, however, individuals and companies now see marketing as education and themselves as teachers. And they produce content that educates their customers rather than simply sells a proposition. One well-known UK financial advisor demonstrates the power of this approach. His website, Meaningful Money TV, showcases nearly 300 videos and a weekly audio podcast that's just hit episode 75. This audio and video content creates quality leads for his advisor firm. Hear how he began thinking of himself as a teacher as well as an advisor. Hear how he developed Meaningful Money TV and created this audio and video content. Listen to his tips on how to create high quality content on a modest budget and how this can drive more leads to your business. That's right here on episode 14 of the Marketing Protection and Finance Podcast. Hi, it's Roger Edwards here and welcome to the Empath Podcast. This is the podcast for providers and advisors looking to share business ideas and inspiration in the world of protection and finance. You can find the notes that go with the show at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash empath. In the meantime, let's get on with the show and prepare to be inspired. So let's get started. I'm delighted to introduce my guest today, and he is Pete Matthew. Pete describes himself as a very content husband and father of two wonderful children. He's also a chartered financial planner, a certified financial planner, and managing director of Jackson's Wealth Management in Penzance in the UK. You can tell that Pete just adores the internet and everything about it. He's an Apple addict, and he gets really excited about the possibilities of social media and how it can change the world. Pete has also set up a website called Meaningful Money. Here you can find many self-produced videos about all aspects of financial services and now 75 episodes of the Meaningful Money podcast. Personally, I would describe Pete as one of the most prolific content creators in the UK financial services industry and I'm really looking forward to chatting about all the great content and how it came about. So Pete, welcome to the Empath podcast. Thank you, Roger. It's great to be here. I've been uh, really looking forward to chatting to you. I could talk about this stuff all day, as you can imagine. And I could talk about it all day as well. And I desperately want to dive in and start talking about all this wonderful content that you've created. But before we get there, let's just learn a little bit about your background so that everybody listening can get to know you and find out what makes you tick. Sure. Well, um, you'll, as, as listeners, uh, as we go through this, you'll uh, pick up that I'm, even though I'm based in Penzance, I'm a Yorkshireman originally. I married a Cornish girl. We both went to Cardiff University and uh, settled there for a bit. But as often happens with Cornish girls, certainly when the family starts coming along, they feel the pull back down to the far southwest. So I now live about five miles from Land's End in a little, little town called St. Just. But I'm a sort of a fairly typical uh, IFA. I fell into the industry, really. I, uh, I hated my degree. I did electronics and actually failed my second year to my eternal shame. And by that time, I wanted to get married. And uh, so I actually went to work full time for the company where I'd, I'd been working as just as a student, which was McDonald's Restaurants Limited. So I went into management for McDonald's. And uh, it's a brilliant company to work for as long as you don't ever want to have a life because <laughs> <laughs> it was sort of 70 hour weeks and just crazy shift patterns and my wife was a nurse so it became fairly evident that me continuing to work
work at McDonald's wasn't going to be compatible with a happy home life. So I had a friend who worked for the Co-op Insurance Society. Many, well, most people uh, listening to this will, will know the man from the Prue, and you know I was the man from the Co-op, really, and that was in the South Wales Valleys, just up from Newport. And that was great. That was my introduction to the industry, really. Went through the basic exams and through a sort of couple of job moves, ended up as an IFA. And then when we moved down to Cornwall, I, I worked briefly with a firm of solicitors. I was I was it. I was their financial planning practice. But they were lawyers and really should have just stuck with doing the law and, and then didn't even pass me any clients of their own, really, which was daft because I was in the same building as them and it was their company. But uh, eventually I came to Jackson's originally as a self-employed advisor and then I bought in in 2007 and uh, been here ever since. And I'm in business with my uh, best friend and uh, I've got a couple of other colleagues as well. So it's, it's a great place to live and work. I suppose background-wise, my dad was a minister, so I'm sort of raised uh, in a sort of uh, Christian background, evangelical Christian background, which uh, obviously informs a lot of what I do um, and my sort of viewpoint on the world, which is uh, which is good too. So uh, that's me, really. Yep, two kids, 14 and 11, two beautiful daughters who are the apples of my eye and uh, I've I've got a four-legged daughter as well, my uh, three-year-old Jack Russell called Maisie. Well, I've got two cats as well, and I just need to make sure that they don't hop up onto the table and sit in front of the screen as I'm talking to you now. <laughs> so, moving on, I think, uh, obviously, I want to get into the meat of the discussion, and the meat of the discussion really is content and content marketing. And I think that, as I described to you before, probably one of the most prolific content creators in the UK financial services industry, you've produced, I couldn't even count them, Many Two, videos. 285. 285 <laughs> videos about financial services answering all sorts of client questions from how to handle capital gains tax, how to put together a budget. And then, of course, you moved on to the Meaningful Money podcast. So maybe take us back, Pete, to the start. Where did the idea for this come from? Well, towards the end of 2009, really, three things came together which were the genesis of Meaningful Money, really. The first thing uh, was that in various different spheres of my life, um, various different people would say words to the effect of, you're really good at explaining things, Pete. So my wife said it a couple of times when I was trying to sort of get across some concept to my then much younger children. Um, obviously, part of what I do every day as a financial planner is, is education and explaining things to clients. And in church setting and various other settings, people say, oh, I would never would have explained it like that. That was really good. And that just kind of sunk in, really. And I started to think, oh, you know, maybe I... You know, maybe I, I do explain things well. wasn't aware of that particularly, but just a few people said that to me in rapid succession in different areas, and that kind of went in. The second thing that happened really was that I, I kind of realized that I didn't just want my career legacy to be about helping rich people get richer, really. Now, I have no moral issue with that at all. It pays the bills, so I'm more than happy to do that. It certainly but does. I, I didn't want that to be it really and I suppose what I really understood was that those that really need the basic essence of financial planning are those that very often can't afford to pay for financial planning advice and that worried me a little bit I wanted to be able to at least get the basic information out for people to be able to maybe help themselves um, and then the third thing that happened all about the same time is that I read a book and the book is called Crush It nasty American title um, but the book Crush It is by a guy called Gary Vaynerchuk now he's a bit of an internet phenomenon but he's born the same year as me so he's 1975 born and he was a Russian immigrant to New York so his family moved to New York when Gary was three didn't speak a word of English 
classic American dream story. Gary's father got a job in an off-license, what they would call a liquor store uh, in New Jersey, and eventually ended up managing it and then co-owning it and then the sole owner. And then when Gary came of age and went into the business, eventually they've built it into a 40,000-square-foot wine library, it's called. And they were the first people in the U.S. to sell wine online. And Gary made his name by, in 2006, beginning a daily wine tasting show so he would do a half hour every day taste three wines and he's the opposite of the wine establishment he's very brash very new jersey quite a lot of bad language on occasion and he basically built up a massive fan base he did a thousand episodes of wine library tv and got a book deal and he's now a major consultant to fortune uh, fortune 100 companies on their social media uh, profile but the premise of his book this book, Crush It, which was the third thing that, that happened to me, really, was that the tools are out there now that whatever your message is, you can get it out there for free. And so I'm thinking, I want more people to understand how financial planning works and how they can help themselves. People are telling me that I can explain things reasonably well. Why don't I do what Gary's done with wine? Why don't I do that for uh, personal finance? And so I thought, I'm just going to do it. So I bought a flip video camera, you know, a little video camera about the size of a packet of fags, and um, set it up on a little tripod on the prom down at Penzance on at about 7.30 one morning. Nobody around. And I just sat and talked to it for two and a half minutes. This is what I'm going to do. I didn't tell a soul what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> because I thought I really think I was an idiot. And um, then there was a few people watching out the corner of some curtains thinking, what's going on down <laughs> there? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's the, uh, the sort of the nutcases who go swimming off battery rocks at uh, 6.30, 7.30 in the morning. Uh, they, they were perhaps uh, wondering what on earth was going on. But I just thought, you know, I, I'm going to give this a go. Got a handful of videos under my belt and showed a couple of close uh, friends in the industry. And they said, you know what, you might be onto something. And then eventually in July 2010, I went live with the site i had about 25 videos up by then and yeah and uh, it's gone from there really so that was the genesis i just wanted to sort of bring those three things together and, and try and help ordinary people understand more about finance simple as that really yeah i've read the, the garage venichuk uh, book and it's it's very motivational and, and i've seen his wine uh, videos as well and being a incredible uh, red wine lover as well you know i do like that in your face style that he prim that he presents you know he's, he's not one going on about notes and tones and flavors no. and berries and that sort of thing he just tells you as it is and i've also heard people like gary vaynerchuk i'm also a fan of, a, of another um, american content marketing um, evangelist a guy called marcus sheridan he describes modern marketing much more in the terms that you've already dis described it as as education and i think that a lot of people maybe a lot of financial advisors and, and, and marketing people probably still don't see themselves in that terms they probably just see themselves as promoting a service or promoting advice or promoting a product yeah. what you've encapsulated in your website is education and, and I genuinely believe that going forward marketing has to be much more about teaching and about educating people about everything not just financial services, wine's good, you know, cars, whatever it is yeah. I think people just want to find things out and, and as you've said the internet gives us the ability to deliver education to people. I absolutely agree that we're in unprecedented times we can learn about anything in an instant and for free and there is no 
uh, radio producer telling me that my accent's not very good for radio, or there's no TV producer telling me that I haven't, you know, quite got what it takes. There is nobody standing in between me and my audience. My audience will judge on the merit of what I put out there, and that's incredibly liberating. You know, you don't have to get a big break anymore. You know, there's infinite possibilities, but you're right. I think marketing in the future is people really don't care about products certainly well perhaps that's a slight generalization perhaps certainly in personal finance they don't what they care about is outcomes and so if i can teach them a way to you know spend less than they earn every month which is the key to financial security in the future then you know the rest really will look after itself i'm convinced that personal finance and financial planning is fundamentally very simple it's the industry that complicates it and it's my sort of personal mission in life is to blow away those uh, complications and, and try and help people understand how simple it really is yeah I'm, I'm all for blowing away the complexity of the industry and i think one of the other messages that comes across very strongly from the work that you've done pete is again this doesn't need to be expensive to do yeah. what you've what you've achieved is is available to everybody i mean i, I remember thinking that uh, one of the probably one of the proudest pieces of marketing that i ever did was with bright gray about 10 years ago and it was actually a dvd of a claimant who'd um, had a stroke in his um, his late 40s and i remember at the time you know oh, we had to hire almost a bbc style film crew to come in and you know they had cameras on dollies and they had lighting rigs and gantries and all of this sort of thing i don't know it must have cost 50 grand to put the dvd (laughs) together then we had to put together a package to go around it so there was brochures there was a there was a um, envelope for the dvd to go in it was all embossed and glossy and then we mailed it out to 30,000 ris in the uk so the whole package probably came to let's let's just say 100,000 pounds and at the time you know that was to be expected now i'd probably shoot the video on the flip camera you've described maybe not an iphone but hey the iphone's pretty good as well it's really good you know and uh, we would host the video on youtube and we would probably email those yeah. 40,000 ris so the cost you know you could do that for less than five grand or even yeah. less and and i think that that's one of the the things that is so exciting about the internet and and social media and digital is it gives the ability it gives everyone the ability to produce great content at low prices and it all comes down to what you're saying that's right it's a great leveler which i think is incredibly um uh, liberating and very democratic and it, ultimately we will all be judged by the quality of the message we put out but people sort of congregate around people so it's very much about building a tribe as well and so i love the fact that people care enough to email me uh, about what i'm saying and sometimes i get picked up you know if i perhaps just make a slip i had an email once uh, recently actually from a listener who suggested that i might be slipping too much into what uh, she called heteronormative language so just being too quick to say husband and wife rather than you know partners i'll have to write husband. that down and look well, it up later it's a great one well, no, i had to as well but she was absolutely right but the she wasn't just being pedantic she was saying look i love your content but this is a bit of a sticking point for me i thought you'd like to know so that you can make your content better and i wrote straight back and said thank you so much you're dead right i will do my very best to address this and you know i love the fact that people care enough about the stuff we're putting out to pick me up on stuff like that so that more people can hear it without those uh, distractions i just think it's fantastic and what you've also done therefore is not only have you created all this content this educational content you've also created a community yeah and that's um 
is really now what the internet is about. I think it's far less about promotion than it is a, a, around building a community and building a tribe of rabid fans uh, who will pass your message. That's how all the internet celebrities really have done what they've done. It's all about sharing and, and social, social sharing, which is just phenomenally powerful and can amplify a message far quicker than has ever been possible before. So thinking back, Pete, now to 2010, the, the Meaningful Money website's up. You've got 25 videos and counting up on the website. What were the, what were the challenges that you faced getting Meaningful Money off the ground, and how did you overcome them to make them work? Sure. I mean, I, I have a sort of natural uh, dispensation towards technology, so I, I love fiddling and tweaking so i was able to set up the website myself i used a service called squarespace which is a sort of coding free uh way of building a website so i didn't need to know html and css and all that sort of stuff um it's not on that anymore so i've switched it to wordpress and i've learned an awful lot over the last four years about how to do html and things like that but i still have a fantastic uh web designer who helps me uh, do that that's uh, gareth thompson at code potato quick shout out to him but my, i suppose my um, i'm also very lucky in that uh I glory in the title of managing director of Jackson's Wealth, but you know we're a little provincial firm, very typical IFA, um, and we're very well established. We're a sort of 90-year-old company. Even the financial services side, the wealth management bit, is 40 years old. So we'd have to work pretty hard to break it. And so that doesn't mean we're you know, working flat out to get new clients. We're on a nice sort of easy rhythm of looking after our existing clients. We're busier now, I have to say, than we've ever been. But back then in 2010, I had the time where I could sort of take an afternoon out and shoot three or four videos. So I suppose the biggest challenges for me were um, were developing the site. I think if I was starting again now, I would have much more of a plan. For me, it was just feeling my way as I, as I went along, really, learning about, you know, how to... Um, set up an email list uh, learning about how to uh, edit video I did learn that on the fly but I have a natural interest in those things so that that helps really so I, I didn't I know it didn't feel like there was lots of massive challenges because I didn't really set huge standards for myself I just kind of felt my way as I went along really I think if I was starting now I would be much sharper and sort of much more slick from the outset and, and would perhaps make greater progress more quickly and then you made the transition from video to podcast so the Meaningful Money podcast is at episode 75 now. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's a great listen. You, you, each episode, similar to the Empath podcast, is around about 35 to 40 minutes. You're interviewing people. You're talking about personal finance again in all its, its aspects. How did you make the decision to, to transition from, from more video content to more audio? Uh, that's a good question. That's been the biggest change for me, really. Uh, I mean, I love listening to podcasts myself, and I know I said to people that are interested in producing content that the first thing you need to be doing is consuming it and finding out what you like and what the kind of people you would want to speak to, what they like. And so I was listening to more and more podcasts. I was listening to... Um, mostly their internet marketing podcast actually so Pat Flynn of Smart Passive Income Michael Hyatt uh, Social Media Examiner these are fantastically well produced podcasts um, but they, they are still generally speaking done by one guy sat behind a microphone in a studio at home you know so they're ordinary people but incredibly successful so I something clicked in me I have to I must give some credit actually to Phil Calvert of uh, Advisor Life Talk the sort of uh, social network for advisors he told me back in 2011 early 2011 
2011 that he thought podcasting was going to be massive. And I was like, no, no, I wouldn't have thought so. Video is obviously the medium for the future. And while I still agree with that, there is something about podcasting. And I just realized that the ability to spend 30 minutes talking directly into somebody's ear holes through their uh, iPod or a car stereo gives incredible power. Uh, to the one producing the podcast. I thought I can deal with the subject in more depth because my video stats showed that most people click off around about the four-minute mark. And there's not a lot you can do in four minutes, really. So you end up doing series of videos, and that's a sort of it artificially breaks things up. So I just thought I can deal with the subject in far more depth in audio. And the great thing about podcasts, which is, is unique in, in terms of content consumption, is that people can do that while they're doing something else. So you can't read a blog post or watch a video while you're driving the car or cutting the grass or whatever. But you can listen to a podcast, because you, so it's not quite so attention-intensive. And so I just thought, well, you know what, I'll give it a go and i'm uh, fortunate in that i uh, picked up a sponsor i'm sponsored by seven investment management who are our primary investment partners here in uh, jackson's and i rang them back in uh, late 2011 and said look fellas this is going quite well do you fancy putting your name on it and giving me some money to do it and they said absolutely we'd love to support you so that enabled me to buy some podcasting equipment you know and uh, and keep that all separate without my wife questioning why i was spending so much money on gear (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so i just again i just thought i'd give it a go and i you know took some online courses and learned about um audio the audio paths and how to record and things like that because i wanted the audio podcast to be much better quality from day one than the videos ever were because i think that's particularly important on audio so that's that that's what i did and you know i bought some equipment and practiced and uh started and i've seen so much more engagement and far far more clients come to me from the podcast than i ever did on video which was a surprise to me. And of course you're getting people reviewing you on iTunes, you're getting people contacting you on your voice link that you yep. uh, you put on your website. And what's what's the engagement been like since you launched the podcast? Has this led to more clients coming through the door for your financial advisor business? Oh, massively more. I mean, I began Meaning for Money, uh, well, went live in July 2010. In August 2011, so a full year later, I had uh, an approach uh, quite out of the blue on email from a client who had had a fairly tricky experience with another national wealth management firm, basically just about avoided paying massive initial charges on a fairly significant investment. And he was sort of glad that he'd avoided and sort of sidestepped that particular landmine, um, but was concerned that the next next advisor he saw might try the same sort of thing and so he turned online to see if he could do it himself and he found me that way so his email this is one year after i started doing videos his email said uh, words to the effect of having watched several of your videos we feel like we know you and can trust you will you work with us and i just thought man alive that is absolute dynamite you know this is somebody i've never met and yet they feel like they know me they feel like they can trust me they're asking me to work with them over the internet (laughs) and i thought we might just be onto something here but that was my first one and it took a year and then in 2012 that was the first year where i started getting more and more inquiries but still not massive numbers but we're we're not a high volume practice here so you know it just it started to build but since launching the podcast and since really going weekly on the podcast which was may last year may 2012 2013 it's just the level of of interest has just been rising and rising i'm now getting two or three good inquiries every month which is a good 
number for me. I couldn't take on too many more than that. But actually, as of the end of August this year, so year to date, 2014, Meaningful Money and all its, you know, um, the, the online piece generally has for the first time ever become our biggest source of new client inquiries. Prior to that, like any healthy advice firm, the biggest source of new inquiries was, you know, client referrals from existing clients. So it's exciting to me that now my online work, even though I'm four years in, it's now really, really bearing fruit. And the, I often get asked, well, what's the quality of the inquiries like? And they're brilliant, really, really good. I've, I've only, I think, turned two people down that I have, haven't really wanted to work with or who didn't really fit uh, what we wanted here as clients. So the quality of the inquiries has been really, really good, and the number is just going up and up all the time. It's really, really exciting. <laughs> and given the uh, success that you've had, Pete, with Meaningful Money and the podcast and the videos, what would you say was the one big idea that you'd like those people who are listening to the Empath podcast today to take away from the experiences that you've had? Okay, yeah, that's an, an excellent question. The one big idea for me, really, was understanding that clients don't care about the personal finance industry at all. They give not two hoots about what fund managers or insurance providers. For me, it was that they entirely care about themselves. Now, that's blindingly obvious, of course. But what I've tried to do is empower them to help themselves rather than feel like they've been sold to. And that, I think, and the fact that I'm a practicing advisor has... Uh, it helps as well. So it's clear that I know what I'm talking about and I'm dealing with this stuff every day. Um, but for me, it was understanding that people want to help themselves. People want to drag themselves from the cycle of living paycheck to paycheck um, and start to build wealth for themselves. They just need to know how to do it. There will always be a section of society who won't do that or can't do that. But increasingly, I think, we're living in a world of self-help, um, be that in fitness. You know, you've mentioned your other podcast, Roger, your fitness podcast. I listen to fitness podcasts. Um, you know, there's a whole world of stuff now where people want to help themselves. And I think the personal finance industry needs to understand that and equip people and arm them to help themselves because there is a great law of the universe um, no matter what your religious persuasion or non-religious persuasion there is I, I believe a great law of the universe which works equally well on the internet in fact especially well on the internet that if you give and give and give and give of your knowledge expertise and time the internet will reward you and certainly that's been proved to be the case for me um, far more than I could ever think and I think as soon as the marketing departments get that then uh, I think there's, uh, there's a great future ahead. But sometimes that's not an easy argument to have with a finance director. <laughs> that's absolutely right. I, again, I believe so much in this whole education and teaching. Yes. And, and actually, I'm out on the road at the moment. I've, I've got a speech I've been doing since I left big corporate life. And, and then, obviously, a lot of the experience I've had over the last 20 years has been focused on the protection market. So yeah. we're booking life cover, critical illness, income protection, all that sort of thing. And I came to the conclusion after I left Royal London that at the moment, and, and this is not permanent, I hope, but at the moment, I can't see any major protection product providers actually growing the market. Mm. So my speech that I'm out on the road saying the only hope for growth in the protection market is the social financial advisor. And effectively, what I'm saying is that to grow the market, we need people like yourselves teaching 
the public, educating the public in the way that you've done with mm. meaningful money. But one of the questions that always does spring to mind is, will people looking at meaningful money, listening to your podcast or listening to you here on the Empath podcast, think, well, well, Pete's done that now, so I can't replicate that, so why should I bother? Do you think that there's room for more of what you're doing and maybe different niches, different approaches. What, what would you say to advisors who like what you're doing but are just maybe thinking that uh, the space is already um, filled? I would say the internet is an infinitely vast universe uh, with scope for a million different voices doing what I'm doing. Uh, people by people, remember. So it might be that my dulcet Yorkshire tones turn some people off or that my voice drives some people, you know, just tends them to sleep. But... Uh, the reason why not every client in the country is dealing with me is firstly because they don't know about me and secondly because I don't have enough time. There are a massive number of people that need help and uh, it's certainly a big enough pool for everybody who wanted to get involved with marketing on the internet um, to do that. So I would say... For goodness sake, you know, don't limit what you want to do just because there's somebody else out there doing it. Um, there's hundreds of personal finance bloggers, um, but particularly in this country, I have to say there are very, very few good advisor bloggers who who blog with an outward focus. Um, there's a couple of good ones. Martin Bamford at Informed Choice is very good at um, producing regular written blogs um, to uh, help his clients and those uh, who are interested in dealing with his company down in the Cranley in Surrey. A guy called Chris Dames um, in London, Principal IFA is his company. He blogs regularly and I know it's working for him too. But um, they're both doing written blogs, both in very different voices and it's working for both of them. So I would be the first one to be cheering on the sidelines if another advisor set, set up a personal finance podcast. In fact, I'd be getting them onto my podcast to help promote it because I think the, the more we can get the message out, the better. And it really isn't about competition. There's plenty of clients and there's plenty of bandwidth to go around. And, of course, one of the other messages we've already touched on to a certain extent is that this doesn't cost a lot of money. No. Sure, maybe the biggest investment is your actual personal time. You've already mentioned WordPress. I mean, you yeah. can set up a website relatively inexpensively. There are all sorts of different themes, so you don't need to, have, you don't need to look like anybody else. A little right. bit of web design added on top of that would give you a, your own personal feel. Videos easy to produce, podcasting again. Technically, all you need is an iPhone with a yep. microphone plugged into it. Yep, if you want right. to take it a bit further, as you've done, you buy a little bit more equipment. But this stuff can be put together really cost effectively. And I think that's one of the most exciting things. And Pete, you've also got another website, haven't you? Which is, again, a teaching website, but is teaching advisors exactly how to do this. Is that right? It, it is, yeah. The website's called advisortech.co.uk, T-E-C-H, advisortech.co.uk. And the reason I set that up, which was, oh, gosh, a year ago now, um, was because I kept getting asked to consult <laughs> because of the success that I've seen online. You know, I'd have an advisory company in Doncaster saying, look, will you come and spend a day with us? Well, uh, it's hard to explain. If nobody's ever been to the far southwest of Cornwall, it takes ages to get anywhere. You know, the, the motorway is two and a half hours from my house. Um, so, <laughs> so I have to drive a long way on, uh, you know, fairly ordinary roads until I hit the motorway at Exeter. And then, uh, you know, it's another... Four hours on again, really, to London. So it takes a long way to get anyway. And, and as I said at the start, I'm in business with my best friend, so I can't really be swanning off 
feathering my own nest while uh, he's holding the fort here. So I wanted to find a way that I could scale, really, that I could help teach advisors to replicate what I'd done and uh, get the benefit of the research and the, the reading that I've done over the last four years, really. And so I set up Advisor Tech, which is a, a monthly, it's a membership site, so it's only 35 quid a month, so it's not um, that expensive, really. But each, uh, it's modular, so there are, we've just begun our third module. So the first module was all about building a website and creating content. The second module was all about um, social uh, marketing. And then the third module now we're talking, we're taking online marketing on a level, talking about webinars and email marketing and stuff like that. But each month then has a theme. So I did a Facebook month. And then each month is further divided. So the first week in the month is me doing what I call an inside track, which is a look over my shoulder. This is how I do what I do. The second week is a video masterclass, talking to somebody who's very good uh, at that the subject of that month. Uh, third week then is all about resources, and then the fourth week is a live Q and A. So we have a, a live conference call where people can submit questions in advance or live on the call, and we'll just chat about them. So it's about half an hour once a month, and we can actually talk together. So it's going well, actually. I'd love more members. It's um, it's difficult to market really because you know the way I would market it would be online and probably the, the advisors that I could market to online probably don't need to know that sort of stuff so I'm, uh, I'm grateful for the plug here Roger but it just is a way of helping me uh, helping those that want to know more about this stuff and they can do it in their own time really rather than having to an, attend an event uh, or set aside a week to do it you know they can uh, just learn on their own time uh, over lunch or something watch a video listen to an audio conversation uh, or whatever so I'm quite pleased with it it's good content, and uh, yeah, it's going well. Is there anything that's not worked quite so well, Pete, in, the, in your uh, content experience? Have you had to modify your approach at all as a result of feedback? Have you changed your business model as you've gone forward? O- obvious, we've already talked about the video uh, giving way to the, the podcast, but anything else in the business environment that you've had to change as a result of feedback? Well, as a result of feedback, you're constantly gauging what people are saying and looking at stats. So um, one key change that I I did was uh, when I began podcasting, I was very sporadic. I'd do one and then it'd be two and a half weeks before the next one and then maybe one the following week and then three weeks before the next one. The thing about podcasting particularly is that people think of it as a radio show and so they expect and want it to be at the same time regularly. And the sweet spot I think in podcasting is weekly. And so when I began podcasting weekly, that's when I saw a massive increase in the number of uh, listeners. I'm now getting between three and three and a half thousand downloads every week. So, you know, these are a lot of people listening. So (laughs) they expect the content. And so you have to, um, uh, you know, be prepared to provide it. I think the biggest shift for me, though, was feedback from my family, actually. Uh, it's addictive, this stuff. So I can, um, it's very easy to spend evenings buried behind your laptop screen, not really engaging with my kids. And it became apparent that, that I was in danger of doing that. And so the biggest shift I made was um, moving my entire day forward. And uh, a couple of years ago, I determined that I would do my meaningful money stuff in the morning. And so I started getting up at 5 a.m. So now I get up at 5 and I work till 6.30 on meaningful money. And then, you know, I've got uh, dog to walk and shower and breakfast to make and things like that. Uh, help 
for get the kids ready or whatever. And then I come to work. And it's, it was also important to me to keep Meaningful Money separate from Jackson's because it is a separate project. The fact that it feeds clients to Jackson's is, is just an added bonus, really. But I didn't want, again, for the benefit of my colleagues, really, I didn't want to be distracted with Meaningful Money stuff when I've got Jackson's work to do during the day. So that was the biggest shift, really, is that I began doing Meaningful Money stuff early in the morning. Um, and that's been great, actually. I'm darn sight more productive as a result, actually, because I'm not tired at night doing <laughs> I'm definitely a morning person, I found out. I think morning's a lot better. Yeah, yeah. By the end of the day, all you want to do is put your feet up and perhaps have a glass of Gary Vaynerchuk's red wine uh, <laughs> to ease you into the evening. Can I just put one more thing in, Roger, very of quickly? Of course you can, because, yeah. Because, because the internet is obviously not localised, and I'm all the way down in the far southwest of the country, as I've said, it's worth mentioning that Many of my clients now are all around the UK, and many of them I've never met in person, and we only deal via Skype video, and the clients absolutely love it. And I love it because I'm doing less traveling. Um, I tried to do a couple of mini tours uh, you know, each year where I do go, and go out for three or four days and, and drive up to Birmingham and Leeds and places and see clients. But the fact that I've been able to pick clients up down in Buckinghamshire and Oxfordshire and Yorkshire and Scotland just because of the internet I think is really exciting and I think that is also a great liberator people will be able to deal with whoever they want to deal with irrespective of geographical boundaries subject to regulatory uh, consents of course I couldn't deal with somebody in Europe but anywhere in the UK the uh, the UK is my oyster now so um, the social advisor as you call it it is uh, ever closer to being a reality because I can deal with anybody. They don't have to be within striking distance of Penzance. I think it, that, that, that's great. I mean, I have it in my mind. That we always had the man from the Prue in the past. Didn't yeah. We? To my mind now, it's the man from the iPad. And, and, you, don't, and you don't have to have face-to-face meetings. You just have nope. face-to-face time meetings yeah. as, as an Apple fan. Why not? It's no different. Absolutely no difference. We could carry on talking all day about this subject. Uh, it's been fascinating to talk to you, fascinating getting insight into your business. As I mentioned before, the, the, the speech that I've got on the road at the moment about the only future for the protection market is the social financial advisor. Having listened to all the stuff that you've talked about today, the fact that you're educating your, your clients, that you're teaching your clients, that you're pr- creating all this great content, I'm more convinced than ever that the future certainly in the protection sector, is for more advisors to become teachers like, you, like you've done and create content and to engage people. But before we go, I always like to finish the podcast with a very quick fire round of business questions. Are you happy to stay for a couple more seconds to do that? Absolutely. Pete, if there was one thing that you could change about the financial services industry, perhaps by waving that proverbial magic wand, what would it be? It would be that we would get much better at communication and that we would understand that compliance with all its requirements of disclaimers and small print, compliance obscures the message far, far too often. Uh, We need to get much, much better at communication, stripping out the extraneous or at the very least uh, relegating it to appendices and giving people what they need in simple, easy language that they can understand and comprehend and implement. Pete, what's the one business model or product or campaign that's caught your attention in the last year, even if it was from a competitor? Mm -hmm. Tell us what it was and what you liked about it. I'm quite excited by something called auto-enrolment in a box or AE in a box. Um, I mentioned Chris Dames earlier on as a a, a prominent 
financial services blogger who's also an advisor and he and another advisor called Matthew Warren and Bridget Greenwood who's a social media marketing consultant and a former advisor herself they put together auto enrollment in a box which is an, an online uh, system for um, helping employers meet their auto en- en- enrollment um, obligations and I think it's a great example of using the internet to leverage what they know, what these advisors know about what employers have to do, making it very accessible and almost um, no-brainer money for employers. It's very, very cheap, but very, very good value. Um, and they're only just starting to market it, so it's not so much a campaign, a campaign, but I think their idea of using the Internet to meet this particular niche, I think, is a, a great model for future. Tell us about an app or a gadget that's made a huge difference to your life or your business Ooh, grief man alive i could talk about that for a long time but i uh, i really thought long and hard about this actually <laughs> because there are lots of possible ones but um it, making the switch to mac for me uh having been a lifelong windows user and a lifelong you know ibm compatible user from the days of ms dos uh was a revelation once you've tried it you'll never go back but as far as an app is concerned my favorite app of all time is evernote which is a cross-platform app you can get it on every uh, type of computer and every type of mobile device and it is a digital brain i store everything in there that i need to remember Uh, i scan documents into there things like you know guarantees and receipts and stuff it's uh, an incredibly powerful software it's free although you can pay a tiny annual amount for a pro version which i do just because i love it so much so evernote is brilliant and the whole mac apple ecosystem uh, works brilliantly for me and finally pete what's the best business book presumably in addition to crush it by gary vaynerchuk <laughs> that you've ever read tell us why you like it so much and what you took from it probably the best business book and again i could have given you 15 different answers to this but the one which i've read multiple times because i think it's just dynamite is a book called rework by jason freed and david heinemeyer hansen they are the developers uh, of a company called 37 signals they produce software the most famous one is called Basecamp, which is a sort of project management uh, software program. They wrote this book. Um, basically, it's the model of how they built a business, and it's it's um, the word I'm looking for, really. It's almost a blueprint of a modern business. Things like getting re- rid of meetings and uh, getting rid of uh, more staff and needing to get bigger and things like that is very much stripped down internet startup thinking, but how that can actually lead to millions of pounds worth of turnover because of this wonderful time that we're in of the internet. It's a great book, Rework. Thanks very much, Pete. Now, we've spoken about so many different things today, and you've mentioned so many different people and so many different websites. I'm going to try and list all of those in the show notes for this particular podcast. So anybody listening, just come to rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash empath to get those links. But before we go, Pete, tell everybody how they can connect to you on Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+, your website, everything. Yeah, no worries. All the social networks, really. My handle is Pete Matthew, so that's P-E-T-E-M-A-T-T-H-E-W. No S on the end of my surname, which is uh, unusual. So I'm Pete Matthew. So I'm twitter.com slash Pete Matthew. LinkedIn, I'm Pete Matthew. So it's fairly consistent. I'm, any new network that comes up, I'm usually pretty quick at bagging my name just in case uh, I end up using it. The website is meaningfulmoney.tv. Um, and uh, people can email me through there as well. Uh, and uh, it'd be great to hear from, from listeners. Pete, thanks very much for talking to me today. It's been 
absolutely fascinating an absolute pleasure let me wish you every success for the future and i hope to catch up with you again sometime soon thank you roger i've had a blast all the best to you and all the great work you're doing with the empath podcast Thanks for listening to the Marketing Protection and Finance Podcast, also known as the Empath Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash empath for links to the apps and books and topics we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, I'd be grateful if you would leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a comment. If you are a provider, advisor or journalist and you have a product, campaign or business model that you want to talk about, do please get in touch. I'd be delighted to have you as a guest on the Empath Podcast. And before we go, just to remind you that nothing that my guests and I talked about on the show is intended to be financial advice of any kind. It's just our thoughts and opinions. Okay? Okay.